Hello, my name is Katie, and this is the Truth for Your Twenties podcast. This is where we have weekly conversations with the people I love most from the internet as we navigate all the things we wish we knew when we were 20. My goal is to help you avoid heartache, go further faster, and have a more joy-filled life. And if you are a loyal listener, you know that I have forgotten to leave that intro the last few episodes. So, you know, sorry. Uh, <laughs> hopefully, if you learn anything from me, you learn just to do what you're passionate about. You don't have to get it perfect. You don't have to get it right every time. Just do the dang thing. Yes, you will get better. Yes, you will learn. Yes, you will get help, but just do it. I would be sad if I didn't publish all these past episodes just because I wanted to get them perfect. And with that being said, another thing that I like to share when I'm living my best podcast life is a review of the week. One thing I asked for a few weeks ago is, is just don't overthink it. Just head to iTunes and leave a review of like, this podcast slays. This is dope. Some kind of funny, like bus and bus and modern day way to say it's cool. I have teenagers. Like I hear these crazy things. So anyways, Ray can fly pie. That is the username <laughs> left a review that made my day. She said 10 out of 10 recommend this podcast is super slay kitty per meow. Ray can fly pie. Thank you so much for just leaving a short and sweet and funny review. And if you would make my day and do the same, you can head over to iTunes and just hit leave a review. It helps other girls find it. It helps us boost in the podcast logarithms. It means so much when you do that. Okay, today we are talking about nutrition. And you guys, this episode changed my world a little bit in a really good way. I I eat healthy, but I don't really think about what I'm eating. I don't eat enough protein. I kind of just snack a lot because I work from home. I don't plan to eat healthy, especially breakfast and lunches. We're better at dinner. But anyway, since Victoria and I had this conversation. It has really rocked my world in the best ways, and I hope it will do the same for you. Nutrition is so vitally important, obviously, but we don't often give it the attention, brain power, time and attention that it needs. And this is simple, but effective ways to do just that. All right. So here is my episode with Victoria. Hi, Victoria. Welcome to the Truth For Your Twenties podcast. Hi, Katie. Thanks so much for having me here. I'm excited to talk about nutrition and the specifically the way that you talk about it because there's so much confusion out there of like diet and restriction and versus eat whatever you want, do what feels good kind of culture. And, and obviously there's, there's balance in the middle, like we kind of talked about offline. And anyway, I'm excited to just dive into all of your unique and beautiful and healthy perspective on this sometimes misunderstood topic of nutrition. But first, just introduce yourself. Sure. My name is Victoria Peckray. I am a registered dietitian, um, but in particular, I do practice a functional medicine approach. And to give a quick synopsis of like what functional medicine is, we, you know, we hear about medicine or a medical doctor or something, but what is functional medicine? And it's really just an approach to treating our health and any chronic conditions that we might have or whatever is going on um, through really trying to get to like what's causing the problem in the first place. And sometimes it's not as easy as, Hey, there's one thing. It's, it's really, you could say root causes or like root drivers, like what is driving this process? Um, so we really want to get to that root so that we're not just saying, Hey, I'm, you leave this appointment and I give you a pill and medication can have its place, but we want to make sure that we are actually getting people to get to a place where they can restore their health. So it's a really actually a a practice of hope, I think, um, giving people the hope that this is, you know, whatever is ailing you, it's not something that you have to necessarily 
struggle with forever or at the same intensity. Um, but functional medicine, you know, it goes pretty deep though. Um, as a dietitian, obviously I'm not a doctor, but I could still do quite a lot. Um, and it really is like understanding a lot about biochemistry and understanding how many systems are in the body. And knowing that like, if, for example, if someone, I work with a lot of women with PCOS and so often it's just kind of treated as a you know, reproductive hormone issue solely. And, and therefore, you know, they, it seems like you could just treat your hormones, like change the levels of them by taking medication that could change them, but that never treats the root cause. It's really not a reproductive hormone issue. It ends up being a reproductive hormone symptoms, but at the root, it's much more metabolism and how we're supporting blood sugar balance and so much there. So, um, and, you know, gut health can be a huge piece of that too. So that we start to see that there's a lot more and it could seem complex, which I, I guess it is, but it's much more saying, Hey, like it's my whole body is involved in this and that's okay. That shouldn't be something we're afraid of. That just makes sense. The way that we've been created, we are you know, an integrated whole. So, um, so that's kind of functional medicine overall. And, uh, in, in my practice, wonderfully made nutrition, I, do work with women um, with hormone health conditions, predominantly PCOS, endometriosis, um, and, it, and some other ones as well. And then a lot of women looking for weight loss, um, but really from a much more holistic standpoint, or they've, they've done it in the past, they've had some successes, but they've always felt like they've rebounded and never, and really at this point feel like they do not know what the heck to do anymore. They're just completely confused. It's like, if you try enough times and you feel like you failed, it just, you're left with total confusion and they still want support, but they really don't know, even know what they need anymore. Um, and then I work with a lot of women with gut health issues as well. And typically it's all a combination of all of those things together. Yeah. Well, I love that you approach it, as you said, holistically, because that's something that I don't, I'm sure, I know it's not new information, but it seems to me a lot more focus um, I'm hearing, which is so good because it used to be like, as you said, oh, okay, you want to lose weight. So do a b and c but what about how this you think that you're eating while it might not necessarily be cheetos and you know donuts it for whatever reason isn't agreeing with you hormonally or anyway so speaking of hormones i just think that that side of what you do is fascinating and i know that that is often disconnected in the conversation when it comes to nutrition and in just your cycle and how, how hormones affect everything. But as you said, they're very integrated. So I would love for you, if you don't mind, I'm not even sure what question to ask, <laughs> but talk about how hormones relate to what we eat and how to help just, you know, feed and balance our hormones. Sure. Well, I think a lot of it comes back to blood sugar balance and I promise I'll make the connection. Cause I think when I say that a lot of people are like, Victoria, no, no. Like I've been to my doctor. I've had they tested my blood sugar, my blood glucose, you know, a couple months ago at my last physical and it was fine. They didn't tell me anything was wrong. Like why I, I don't have diabetes. Like that's not an issue for me. It's gotta be something more because it doesn't really seem as, I don't know, sexy or something, you know, to like to work on, but it, blood sugar balance is a huge piece of that. It's not the only thing, but it's a huge piece. And especially with PCOS and, and it's, it's not just PCOS because PCOS is much more of a collection of different dysfunction going on and it's a spectrum a lot of women could kind of be on that spectrum whether or not they have a full diagnosis of it or not but it's kind of a spectrum and you know we could be starting out and we're like oh i just have a little bit of period issues uh, but no big deal versus although at the other end they're missing their periods or having crazy horrible periods whatever it might be so 
Blood sugar balance is a huge piece of that though, because our ovaries, which is, you know, what actually creates and releases an egg every month, um, hopefully, uh, is very, very sensitive to blood sugar rising and falling. Interesting. And, and blood sugar in general is really like so key to the rest of our health. Um, so if we think about blood sugar balance, that is really what is giving us either stable energy throughout the day or letting us have those unfortunate crashes that so many people have all throughout the day. So blood sugar, if it's stable and steady, we feel great throughout the day because that is a direct connection to our energy levels, even our cravings too. So typically when we have a, our blood sugar drops after something, which I'll go over, you have those crazy cravings that just distracts us too. But also weight is our, our weight is actually literally directly connected to blood sugar balance too. So when we have those highs in our blood sugar, which we don't, we actually usually feel kind of good in that time. Uh, we don't feel bad. We can actually be having some, unfortunately, some fat storage that happens during that time. Um, so that's going to be happening all day throughout the day, a little bit of weight gain, de- and then afterwards a decrease in energy, a little bit more weight gain, a decrease or an increase in our cravings because that is it matches this roller coaster ride that our blood sugar can go on if it goes too high it's probably going to then drop too low or too quickly and this is so often um kind of misunderstood a lot of people think oh if i if i feel like i have those kind of low blood sugar symptoms we all kind of know what that feels right if we feel hangry we feel tired we're like craving to go pick up something that's going to give us a pick-me-up whether it's coffee or sugar um that is actually happening after our blood sugar spikes. So that's really important for us to understand. Um, So coming back to hormones, I mean, so blood sugar, when it rises, it actually stimulates the release of a hormone called insulin. So that is a hormone. It's not a reproductive hormone, but it's all, these are all hormones in our body. And insulin is really the one that is taking the sugar out of the blood into the cells of the body. And if it's too much all at once, we don't need it to, as energy at that moment. So we'll store it um, and we'll, we can store it as glycogen or we can store it as, unfortunately, excess body fat too, which can be fine. You know, sometimes we need that too. Um, but of course, if, you know, there's something we don't necessarily want more of, um, we want to make sure this process is not occurring like that. And plus, we, it's not, and it's, really, it's so fun to work with my clients because yes, a lot of them do want weight loss as an end goal, but when I get them to realize like, Hey, the journey to get there is one of gaining back your energy, reducing those cravings, feeling like you just aren't so preoccupied with food because you just feel like you can go a few hours without having to eat or think about food. It's really, really freeing. I think that's really where true food freedom comes from. If when our body is actually giving us the right signals that make us feel good. Um, so when it comes back to hormones, uh, if we are having those blood sugar swings, though, unfortunately, those insulin spikes, that's really like the, the main issue. It's blood sugar itself, having too much in the blood at a time is actually very inflammatory. So that's number one. And number two, those spikes insulin can then actually directly impact our hormone, reproductive hormone production um, through kind of like a multi-system process there. Um, but that's it. It's inflammation. And then these blood sugar issues that can really occur are going to cause us to have changes in a reproductive hormone output, um, which can also lead to a lot of unfortunately common yet not normal symptoms around our periods. You know, having crazy, crazy PMS is actually very common, but it's not necessarily normal or it shouldn't necessarily be happening. So yeah, so I think that that's kind of 
a huge piece of it um, is blood sugar balance. So this is fascinating. Yes. Okay. So correct me if I'm wrong, obviously it spikes if you eat something particularly sugary. So, okay, you're hungry. You can have a piece of cake, feel better. Uh, and not too long afterwards, you're gonna have a crash and be really hungry. I, I found this fast. I like noticed this in my own body. And I love how you talk about your body tells you what it needs. And I want to unpack that too. But I used to be part of a book club and we really, we were like a get together and talk late at night and eat a bunch of food club. Um, <laughs> but we would like all bring treats and, and it was a time once a month where I would get together and eat more sugar, stay up later. And so like I I would eat food at like 10 PM, which I don't normally do, but then I'd wake up in the middle of the night starving. And I was like, why would I be starving? I normally eat dinner, you know, much earlier. And it, it, that all kind of made sense to me with the spike and stuff like that. But I'm curious because you say balance is the key. Help me understand that because you don't want to eat something so sugary, but then how often should you eat? Like, yeah, I want to hear more about that. Yeah. Great question. That is the, that's the the king of it all. So yeah. So I think that when people think, okay, well, I don't want to spike my blood sugar. So I'll just avoid sugar. Right. And, and great. Like if, yeah, you know, unfortunately having a piece of cake on its own, like let's say it's, I don't know, 3 PM in the afternoon, I don't know if we're really eating cake at that time or whatever other sweet we might have at that random time, it's definitely going to spike your blood sugar. So if we don't have those really high sugary foods that we all kind of know of, Yes, that is a really great start. But I actually have a lot of women who come working with me to work with me and they might have already taken a lot of those foods out of what they're eating. And they're like, I'm still struggling. Why the heck is that the case? Like, why is blood sugar still an issue for me if I've removed at least a lot of those foods that are really high in sugar? It's because that's that's one step, but there's a lot else that goes into how our blood sugar could be stabilized. And this is where I really love to get into it because it's not as much about what I'm trying to avoid. It's actually what I want to look for. Like yeah. I really want to look for the right foods to put together that will actually prevent that spike in blood sugar. And that is protein, healthy fat, and fiber. So protein, fat, fiber. I talk about it all the time on my Instagram. I say PFF. So if you see that on there, that's what I'm talking about. PFF, that, that's really the trifecta that you want to have at a meal. And now carbs do come into play, but it's actually not, we can let the whole carb or no carb debate kind of rest a little bit if we're, we're putting more of our focus on protein, fat, fiber, which is really helpful for a lot of women because I think they come in like so confused about carbs. They've tried high carb, low carb, you know, everything in between um, because protein, healthy fat and fiber slows down that rise in blood sugar. So you could have actually, you could actually have a meal that's really, really balanced in protein. So let's say you're having like four ounces of chicken breast, like that's probably going to be about 30 grams of protein. You're having some really good healthy fiber. You have olive oil in there. Maybe you have, um, gosh, some nuts or seeds. Maybe you're making a salad and then you have a lot of fiber in that meal as well. And then if you actually had cake after that meal, you would actually not see as high of a spike in blood sugar as if you would have had that cake randomly on its own middle of the afternoon with nothing to kind of shield it beforehand. Now I'm not necessarily advocating and say, okay, great. I can just have cake at the end of every meal, but this is just kind of like giving us the understanding that like, it's not just about the sugar that we have to avoid or whatever. And I think that a lot of people go on this crusade of like, oh my gosh, there's one gram of added sugar in this sauce. Like horrible. I never buy from them again. It's like, yeah, maybe it's a sign that they're like not the best brand. Like it, you don't necessarily need to add sugar to everything, but that one gram of sugar really is not, you're not even going to see that 
change your health at all if you're having protein fat fiber as a meal plus one gram of sugar is so small anyway but protein fat fiber really is the key and it's so simple if we think about it but it, it requires i think we have to kind of peel back the layers of misinformation that we've been kind of told that you know if i want to eat healthier i have to reduce my portion size i have to reduce the calories like that's what i need to like start with and i mm-hmm. never would recommend anyone start there because what i like to say is if you put the cart before the horse like, let's say if someone's like hey i want to just start eating less food if you eat the same foods you're eating that but that are they're not balancing your blood sugar but you just eat less of them you're just going to have those cravings more frequently even throughout the day we have to do the blood sugar balance first and i promise you you'll feel so much better. I have women who are like, Victoria, I can't believe within one day of eating even just more protein at my breakfast, my energy levels were crazy high between breakfast and lunch. And I didn't have to have that 10 a.m. snack like for the first time ever. I had a dietitian who did my program last year, um, in which I talk about this called the four method. um, And she had struggled with sugar cravings for her whole life. She was 50 years old at that point. She's a dietitian too. So, you know, she's someone who is pretty knowledgeable about nutrition, but within a week, she, her cravings basically went away and she couldn't, she had no idea that that was going to happen. So um, it really is that powerful. Um, Yeah. So protein, fat, fiber is a big one. Um, And I, I mean, it really depends on the person, like how much, but I would say for most women, it, you know, minimum 25 grams of protein per meal, one to two, maybe even like three servings of healthy fat. So a serving would be like half an avocado. Another serving would be like a good handful of nuts or seeds or a full tablespoon of olive oil. So you kind of mix and match. Um, And then fiber would be like eight to 10 grams of fiber per meal. For most people, that's pretty good. Because if you think about it, then you multiply that by three meals a day now you're actually getting a really good amount of food and that it can just be as simple as that. Um, for most people. Simple, but I can't wait to hear uh, more about your recipes. (laughs) By the time you were listening to this, my signature course is out into the world. This is advice for your twenties. I basically combined all of the good stuff from this podcast episode, from conversations I have most on mentoring, just real life conversations I find that I have over and over again and put it all in one course. We're talking about money. We're talking about dating. Of course, you know, we are. We're talking about relationships, your faith. Why does it matter in your twenties? Finding your voice, speaking up for what matters to you, all the things I'm passionate about, all the things you ask me questions about, put it all in one place and is there for you today. Uh, The link will be in the show notes and I would love for you guys to just dive in. I have all the resources. You can watch it whenever you want. Take a break, absorb it, watch it again. I had a girl tell me she watched every module twice because it was that good. I hope you find it is that way for you as well. So again, the link will be in the show notes and I hope you enjoy it. Now back to the episode. I mean, I get ads on Instagram all the time about like, there's just one, I can't remember the company name and I wouldn't probably use your name anyway. I don't want to uh, shout out, but um, you know, they're like really encouraging lower calorie meals. And they're like, Hey, this is like how you can eat less than 400 calories for a meal. And it's funny they actually use the 400 because I actually encourage women to eat at least 400 calories per meal. Um, because again, if you think about that, if you're eating less say you're actually eating that minimum 400 calories per meal, multiply that by three meals a day. That's only 1200 calories yeah. for most women. That's still too little for yeah. them. For most, yeah. Even though 1200 was a very common 
it still kind of is like a really common recommendation by a lot of weight loss programs of like, if you want to lose weight, like drop down to a 1200 calorie diet. And it's just, there's, it's mind boggling. That's no one's going to feel good on that over the long term. And that's like, yeah, you're starving your body. Like you, you need fuel and nutrition, just the right kind. Um, okay. I want to talk about listening to your body because our body mm. tells us so much. And again, I think that I've noticed all this. I feel like when our kids were young and just started listening to my body more during that book club and stuff like that, but my whole life I have had headaches and sometimes migraines, but just, I'm just very sensitive. If I get too hungry, if I I get too hot, like I just headaches or like my body's telling me something, but an interesting thing as it relates to food, we did, it was kind of like allergy curious, I guess I could say we're cutting out all allergens and also like Daniel plan. Anyway, we did this several years ago. We cut out all soy, dairy, wheat, and sugar. And so people say they cut out sugar and I'm sure you know this, but like that, that means they cut out candy. Like, no, no sugar, <laughs> not mm. in the peanut butter, not in the, you know, dressing, like no sugar. So, and it sounds very restrictive and I did have to like make my own ketchup and stuff like that, but it was, I thought it was very fascinating exercise and felt very like just cleansed and, you know, figuring out what my body needs. All that to say, we did that for a month, um, kind of introducing things as we went along. Uh, and our kids were on a very version of that, but certainly not as restrictive. I was cleaning up the kitchen table one time, um, and a little animal cracker, like kids eat, you know, it was on the, and I just like popped it in my mouth because I'm a mom and I'm cleaning up <laughs> that one animal cracker. After doing that Daniel plan, I got like a raging headache. And I feel like that was my body just being like, you don't need this refined sugar garbage. All that to say, I would love for you to tell us how to listen to it. Cause I don't think I would notice that in my twenties, like how, or especially, you know, it just being more intuitive, how to listen to our body and how it will tell us what it needs. Yeah, well, I think we have to, I think before we can really listen, because I think there's a lot of people out there who are, you know, preaching intuitive eating, which I think the actual concept of eating in an intuitive way is beautiful. Like, I, I hope everyone can get to the point where they can have that intuition of what is best to nourish my body. But unfortunately, kind of the intuitive eating concept has kind of morphed into this, like, eat whatever you want, because it's it's really good to honor whatever you're wanting in that moment and it's like that's not really helpful because what we actually i think we will be really helpful to start with is actually understanding how the body does work and i think that is a really huge piece and that's why i always kind of say like one of the main concepts i start off with with anyone i work with is really getting that right knowledge because if we don't if we're still in that like yeah yeah, yeah like i want to intuitively eat um and i know i also have to like cut calories or something it's like they were still kind of starting in that like improper mindset um so we but we do want to have the right knowledge of like i need to actually lead with the blood sugar balance as my goal like that is truly my goal to start with and then the way i eat is going to come out of that concept because we're not starting in that place and we can what is our framework for like what is nourishing healthy eating so we have to have that right knowledge and we have to understand like how my body works because if I feel like my body is having these cravings all the time, I would, if I just say, Hey, well, I'm going to do whatever my body tells me, your body is going to tell you, Hey, I'm craving more sugar. So you're going to kind of do that. So I think that's where that can kind of be, yeah. unfortunately, like a kind of a false path of saying like, I'm just going to do whatever my body tells me. A lot of people also feel like I, they're like, I don't trust 
my like my body. I don't trust my hunger cues because I've been in this merry-go-round of like I just don't feel good and I crave foods and I know aren't going to be the best for me, but I can't get out of it. So they think that there's just like this real willpower issue, and a lot of programs out there kind of put the onus on the person, be like, you just got to be more motivated, you just got to put more into it. But well, sugar is like addictive, right? Like refined yeah, sugar, yeah, absolutely. And some people, and for, you know, I think for most people, like sugar makes them want to eat more sugar. But there are people who actually do have food addiction and sugar addiction. Um, that is a real thing that happens. I binge ate for about eight to 10 years of my life. It was a really kind of hidden struggle in my life. Praise God. Like I have had a lot of spiritual healing, but I had to have that physical healing because once I got into that cycle, I could not stop because my body was actually wanting to repeat it because of the way it was. So, so listening to our body that we have to understand like, okay, well, my body might be feeling not great right now and might be, I might be craving things that I wish I didn't crave. So how can I like start like to put a cog in that machine? Like what can I do to actually get out of that hamster wheel? It's okay. I need to then support. I I talk about blood sugar balance a lot. There could be some other things, but I think this is a, I mean, for 90% of people, I think blood sugar balance is a great thing to just get to focus on. So when we do that, then this is really what I teach in the, the four method, which I call the four method, because we have to start off with that protein, fat, fiber, that is like the first step that gets us to start feeling better, have our blood sugar more under control. And then we start to have better energy. We don't crave as much. And then the next step is actually making sure we're eating enough of it. And that's why I kind of get into at least 400 calories, which is always kind of a freaky thing for women. They're like, oh no, like I don't want to get less calories, but it's kind of trusting the process and saying, hey, let's get enough. So we're getting not just a little sliver of avocado, but a full half of an avocado or whatever, you know, whatever that healthy fat we need to get, we're getting enough of it, especially protein. And then once we do those two steps, the third step of like, wow, I like, I can actually go four hours between my meals and feel fine. And yeah, I'm hungry by the next meal, but it's like, I'm ready for it. I'm not hangry by that time. And it's just, that's how our body starts to feel really good. And then the fourth step in the math, uh, the four method I teach is like making sure that we are eating a real whole foods, like nourishing foods, um, reducing inflammation through the foods that we're eating, making sure that there's nutrient sufficiency. And that's a really huge piece. But we kind of go through those steps in that order, which is not something I just arbitrarily created. It is actually based on like how our biology and our metabolism actually works. We're going to start feeling better. And I think that once we get into that mode of, I no longer have the cravings as often. I mean, like, Hey, you see a piece of cake, you might want it if you see it. Um, we're, then we can actually start to say, oh, now I know how my body feels. And if I start to actually feel tired or something, I can look back and say, oh, you know what? That's because I skipped breakfast this morning. Or that's because for breakfast, I had a granola bar and I had like very little protein in it. And it's like, oh, okay, that makes more sense. But I can start to connect the dots. Whereas if we're not, if we don't have that framework, we have no idea why we're feeling not good. And, um, and that I think could be really scary for a lot of people. Um, and it kind of goes, we go down these rabbit holes of like trying to do all these other things. And we're kind of dancing around the fact that we need to support blood sugar balance and our metabolism in a very foundational way. I, what did you have for breakfast? I'm just so curious. (laughs) Uh, I had a smoothie. Uh, I make one almost every day, not because it's like some health thing. Uh, it's just a really easy way. It's like, smoothie for breakfast. It's simple. It takes me like three minutes. 
I have like a really great protein amount of protein powder in there. That's like at least 25 grams right there. And it's just like a plain unflavored way. It's my go-to. Um, and then, so that's like a good amount of protein. That's at least 25 grams. Um, and then I put several sources of healthy fat. I actually put olive oil in my smoothies often. It tastes great. Um, put some like nuts and seeds in there, some flax seeds as well. Um, and then usually like a handful of spinach, blueberries, um, yeah, overall, it's around like nine to 10 grams of fiber, around like 30 grams of fat, which I know sounds crazy for a lot of people, and then around like over 30 grams of protein. So, and this lasts me from, you know, I usually drink it at like 9 a.m. and then to like 1 p.m. when I have lunch. Again, that's four hours, and I feel like I can really lock into my work and not be distracted. Whereas in the past, when I was really struggling with binge eating, I mean, I, I wish I could have been tracking my blood sugar at the time because I'm sure it was all over the place and I was just every two hours I was just like when's my next snack when's my next meal like always looking for it and I thought that it was just a me thing like hey I just need more willpower which I also I was using food for coping for a long time so there was a habit there that I needed to heal from but it was also just physiology too you know so um, I think that a lot of women don't realize that there is like this whole realm of healing that they could get. That's not just their willpower. Like it's just their body needs to be supported in the right way. And I think for a lot of women that is just really hopeful because again, if we just say it's just my willpower, like that's seems like a really hopeless like path to go down. It's like, how do I get more willpower? It's kind of, it's really hard to do that. Yeah. And you work with women one-on-one and groups or in your, yeah. Tell me more about that. Yeah, so I work with women one-on-one. Um, a lot of the women that happen to come to see me are, you know, women with PCOS, other hormone health conditions like endometriosis, um, and then gut health and, and weight loss. Again, usually a kind of a combination of all of those um, that a lot of women come to see me with. I get a lot of women who are like, they've seen a lot of practitioners before. This has been going on for a long time. They've tried a lot of different things. So they're kind of feeling like they're at the end of the rope and they really want that, like, they're like, okay, I'm finally ready for a functional medicine approach because I realized that I need to get to those root causes and I, I want to be open to that. So that's a lot in my one-on-one coaching, but every single woman I work with, we have to, we almost everyone has to address blood sugar balance. I even got a lot of women who come to me and I, I would generally say they're eating a pretty well-rounded diet, but they're still, you know, not quite actually getting enough of the protein, fat, fiber, um, and, and that we actually do have to optimize. So I get a lot of women who are like, Victoria, I think it's, I think I'm eating fine. I just need accountability. And I'm like, okay, we'll see. Um, and I definitely want to provide accountability, but we actually do want to optimize how we're eating um, and, and, and then peeling back those layers of limiting beliefs we've had, kind of myths around food and nutrition. So I think it can get really frustrating. I mean, every woman I work with is just, they're at their wits end <laughs> with it all. And then my group program, which is called The Four Method, I'm, um, that is really where I like go step by step every week in this eight week program, going through those four steps I mentioned, and then really how to implement those. So it's like a, it's a live group coaching community. Uh, and it's a super deep dive into all of that. And I love it. I mean, I, one of my favorite, I guess, kind of wins from the program was a woman who did the program last year. She lost 20 pounds in eight weeks. And she was, she said that, before the program started, she's like, I'll probably lose eight pounds. I don't know. Um, so she was really, really shocked by it, but it was really easy for her. Um, and, but the really was not just a weight loss. It was the fact that she said that 
after, you know, even if she felt like she didn't eat a great meal one time, she said that she realized that the next meal, that was her chance to start anew, that it wasn't like a, I have to make up for it. I have to the next day, you know, fast or skip a meal to kind of make up for today. It was at the next meal, you just get right back to the center. And I always teach that um, for my clients. Yeah, that's good. Well, you kind of shared her story a little bit, but I'm, I'm sure with all of your experience, you have like some cool stories. So I'm just uh, putting you on the spot, but I'm curious if you can maybe share a story of one of the women you've coached and the awesomeness that food, we think that, you know, food is just not connected to everything, but it is, it's so holistic. And so maybe um, a cool story that you might've had of of coaching a girl and the healing and all that good stuff. Sure. Yeah. So um, I I can think of one, I won't say her name, but I, she came into, she started with my group program last year, but ended up actually continuing to work with me one-on-one. And she was dealing with a lot, um, uh, a lot of, you know, uh, excess weight that she was looking to get support with. And she had done and spent so much money on so many different programs in the past. So she was kind of skeptical, you know, and I, I don't blame her, you know, when you've been kind of burned like that in the past. Um, she was also really struggling with a lot of, you know, food addiction too. So it, there was a lot going on here. Um, she ended up having a great success in the eight weeks of the program. Um, so she actually lost like 16 pounds, I think, during that time. And then because though she uh, really wanted to have that kind of one-on-one support of like, hey, I know that my blood sugar balance is a huge thing I need to work on. Um, but also like that there's a kind of mental component here too, the mindset that I really want to support, support with too. So since then, she has actually lost like a total of like 40 pounds, which is awesome. Um, and she got her A1C down, which is a basically a blood sugar marker um, down like a whole point, which maybe doesn't sound like a lot to people, but actually if you know A1C, it's, it's actually really huge. Um, and she is in a much, much better range there. I think for her, the huge thing was just the hope that she had before um, she felt like she was just always struggling. Food was just incredible frustration for her. But then when she finally got this framework uh, that I I'm offering people with this four method approach. Again, I call it the four method because I'm giving it a name, but it's really just matching our biology, right? Um, it's just really good kind of like ancient eating, I guess. Um, and it gave her the hope that like she did not have to follow a point system or a color coding system that a lot yeah. of other programs teach, um, that she just kind of had this confidence in knowing I know how to build my meals now. Yeah. And I would, and I, as a dietitian, I was still supporting her one-on-one, but it was much less of me just prescriptively telling her what to do and her being like, I actually know how to do this. I need, she needed a little bit of support in other ways and some other kind of clinical conditions going on, but there was this newfound confidence and hope. Um, and, and she just said it was like a real answer to her prayer for her. So I don't know. That's probably one of my favorite stories. Uh, if she listens to this, shout out to that woman. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, oh my gosh, I think this is just so fascinating and how, again, how holistic food is not mind blowing, but kind of, because we, we kind of think that it's separate sometimes like, oh, what you eat just affects your weight and your energy, but no, it affects even your hormones and, and so many things. So it's, it's just fascinating. I, um, I'm going to come back to recipes because I just find you so fascinating. Sure. If you could just share like a go-to, like, you know, I don't, I can't think about it tonight, but I'm going to cook a dinner um, for just a few people. What's your go-to? 
Oh, I got it. Um, I, I made this recipe so many times for my husband and I, but also when people come over and it's like, okay, I like, what's my thing that pops into my head? It's my red lentil pasta with an Alfredo sauce. And I'll, and I'll go through what that is. So if you ever had red lentil pasta, uh, it's, you know, chickpea pasta is really big. I actually like the red lentil pasta even better. And it's just red lentils typically in the pasta. So like 13 grams of protein for one serving, which a normal serving, um, and then six grams of fiber. So if you're keeping track of like protein, fat, fiber needs, like you're already almost halfway there with the protein and over halfway there with the fiber just from that one serving of the pasta. So that's awesome. Um, and then I'll make this like Alfredo sauce that uh, I've done it two ways. One is like a with a coconut milk and I'll just do a full can of coconut milk in a saucepan, uh, whisk an egg into it and maybe add like a little bit of oat flour just to thicken it up and I'll throw that all in a blender with some garlic and salt and like it's so good <laughs> um, or I'll do a cottage cheese version of that actually and that's a, a lot more protein um, in that one as well I do have the uh, on my Instagram I have the um, coconut milk version of that somewhere on my Instagram I'm gonna go timeline. search it out yeah <laughs> Um, and then I'll usually do like just roasted Brussels sprouts in the oven and add those to it um, with some, yeah, just like some roasted chicken. And that's like one of my go-tos. And again, like you're getting protein, healthy fat, fiber. It's awesome. My husband loves it. So what time am I coming over tonight? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm, I'm meal prepping in like 20 minutes. So. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. Well, gosh, Victoria, this has been a wealth of information. I am so thankful for all you do. So if girls want to find out more about you, tell us all the places. Yeah. So definitely check me out on Instagram. I've, uh, I'm on there. I talk a lot about everything we talked about today. Uh, uh, so yeah, I'm at, at wonderfullymade.rd. So wonderfully, L-Y-M-A-D-E.rd. On Instagram, you can also find me on my website at wonderfullymadenutrition.com. Um, so yeah, check me out. I think Instagram is a great place. So where I post a lot, um, you'll learn a lot more about the nuances of like why I preach protein, fat, fiber, why calories aren't the whole story. Um, and just really understanding that like, if you feel like a relationship with food, which I always like to kind of say a caveat, like we don't really have a relationship with food. It's not really that, but I'll use that term anyway, because it's popular. Um, but if you're looking for a better relationship with food, there is hope. There is a way to do it. That is not just a white knuckling and that, you know, yeah. kind of putting all that grit into it. And yeah, I mean, I had, I, I think I empathize with a lot of women out there because I struggled with binge eating for so many years, even when I was becoming a dietitian. So it was a very interesting struggle of like, I'm going to become a nutrition professional. And yet I am struggling with this really, really difficult food-based disorder. Um, yeah. And so I just have a lot of empathy because I think a lot of women are struggling with food in, in some way, whether it's as severe as I did or not. Um, but also feeling like if you want to, if it's weight loss that you're actually looking for, or if you're wanting better energy, or if you want to balance your hormone levels, um, these are all okay. And there is a way to do it that is nutrition and lifestyle related. And I really believe that like food is medicine um, in that way. So I'm so curious, you said, you know, you mentioned you struggling with food addiction and, and um, binge eating and stuff like that. Even as you were studying dietitian, what finally broke you free or got you to the place you are now? Yeah, well, I it was after I already became a dietitian. And I mean, I love being a dietitian. I think that it is 
I'm blessed every day with like actually having a line of work where I'm incredibly passionate about. Um, but I did not really learn everything that I've learned now about functional medicine and really just about metabolism and supporting blood sugar balance. I really had to learn after actually a lot of my more formal dietitian training. Um, so I was still kind of stuck in that old wisdom of calories and all that kind of stuff because I was like, okay, if I'm binge eating, I got to make up for this, right? I got to like somehow exercise more or like maybe try to eat less at other meals. I didn't realize that like the problem is that like my body is perpetuating this cycle because it's not being supported. So I did have to, praise God, like over the years, I learned that how much blood sugar balance was important. And I actually kind of developed the four method for myself as I was working with clients and realizing like something's not working here, I was teaching people and they weren't getting the right help. And I was really frustrated because I felt like I was failing them. And I started to realize that there is this other deeper aspect of metabolism that we had to, we have to do. Um, so the four method came out of my own struggle and then working with a lot of women and kind of practicing it with them and realizing, wow, this really works. Um, and I will say for me though, uh, a spiritual healing process was also really necessary uh, because I was using food to cope with, you know, things in my life that were happening as like a, a teen. Um, and then, you know, kind of just I, that coping habit, unfortunately, stayed with me for a long time. So I had to kind of peel back the layers. And I'm really grateful to a lot of spiritual mentors and a lot of my community for, you know, my spiritual community for really supporting me in that process. Um, so it was a little bit of both. And so I, I never want to say that it's just about the food. And um, for some people, hey, maybe maybe it's that's what they really need. Um, for me, I really needed both. That's amazing. Uh, oh my gosh, I, have, <laughs> I don't get to talk to you all day. Um, I always ask the million dollar question, if you could have coffee with your 20 year old self, what would you say? And I'd like to maybe go back to that girl who was binge eating and trying to, you know, get a, a handle on this gift, but this confusing world of, of nutrition and how to fuel our bodies. Yeah. Well, first of all, to start off with, I'm one of those really, really weirdos that doesn't drink coffee, but I do have a matcha in hand right now. So I'll, I'll say if I had a matcha with my 20 year old self, yeah. <laughs> um, but I would, I would tell that girl, that 20 year old girl, um, I would honestly teach her protein fat fiber. I know it sounds like, no, oh, that's come good. On, what else would you say? But uh, I really would. Yeah. Um, cause I would want her to know that like this struggle that you've been having, it, there's, it's not just your willpower. And I just, it's so important to think about that because there's a lot of shame that gets wrapped up with so many women about like, why am I not good enough to like get these results? Why am I not good enough to feel better? Um, But we, again, it's like, God doesn't want that for us. Um, uh, And we, yeah, it's okay to like just looking for the right knowledge. Um, So having that support. I love it. Oh, Victoria, thank you so much for being here. We'll make sure we link all of your goodness in the show notes. Awesome. Thanks so much, Katie. If you enjoyed this episode, I would enjoy you sharing it with a friend. If you take a screenshot and share it on your social, make sure you give me a tag at Katie Bulmer Life, and I will definitely make sure I respond. And thank you so much for sharing the love. Hey, and if you're new to the podcast, make sure you scroll back. We have over a hundred episodes interviewing experts and 20 somethings and everyone in between tackling all the hottest topics you wish you knew, but maybe just don't. This is called the Truth for Your 20s podcast, and I'm so thankful that you are here.